Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Good evening, Patrick. How's it going? Pretty good, Jeff. How are you doing? Doing well. Hey, look at this. We're recording at night. It's something new. Not new. Old. Something old school, I guess, for us, because it's been a while. Yeah. So. Kicking it old school. Yep. Yep. We're looking outside, and it's there's not blinding sun and no. heat. So, how are you doing, my friend? What's new? Huh? Doing all right. Um, Dara texted me earlier, says she feels like she's got a might have a cold because she's stuffed up every time she sneezes her nose gets stuffy i'm like could be allergies sinuses or all this yeah. crazy heat yeah um took one of those home covid tests and it's negative yep. so cool. i'm like well it must just be a cold or just all that other stuff i mentioned so yeah said her eyes were kind of swollen yeah so i said hopefully she'll be all right she'll have to be at work until yes. 30 so she's got plenty of time to get well <laughs> enough yep. to go to work yeah yes how's that going by the way how's the work life going <laughs> she's in, she's liking it um she started off on the fries then she did the mm-hmm. window where she's you know putting the orders in um at the drive through handing the orders off um i'm not sure what this week will be but she's she even got asked if she wanted to be a manager i'm like no no you need to <laughs> <laughs> Chill on that. <laughs> you're just 16. <laughs> you're only going to keep this for the summer. So I don't know if they're yeah. just maybe she could mean they, she's been getting a lot of compliments about how she's yeah. able to multitask and everything. And everybody else, she's like, they don't listen. Um, Father's Day weekend when she came in, she was mm-hmm. getting messages about did she want to come in and catch a syrup because she had caught they had call outs. She's like, mm-hmm. no, nah, I can't do that. <laughs> so yeah, I told her, you know, if there's ever a time that you're supposed to come over, but you want to do some extra shifts, go ahead. You know, do it for yeah, the summer. Get, you know, get, get that money. You can. Yeah, get it while you can. But so far, she's enjoying it. Good. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. Oh, yeah. First job. <laughs> Fun times. Yep. How exciting. Cool. Um, God, I can't remember this past week. <laughs> it's kind of a blur. Yeah. Um, Just hot. It's a hot week. <laughs> is, yes, indeed. Yes. Very much so. Um, golly. I really cannot remember. This week we did Krav Monday, but not Wednesday. I forgot why, but anyways, just oh, Grayson had uh, a dance camp this week, mm-hmm. uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so she didn't go to Krav, but uh, but York did, and yeah, no, it's she had a great time, yeah, nothing too 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 exciting, but yeah, it was good week. Um, Yours truly went in for a promotion interview and, you know, may have impressed one or two people. Uh, I, can't, I had I explained an idea I had and to which said supervisor asked if I had suggested it to anybody, very high ranking supervisor. And I go, I said, not really, just something I kind of an idea I had. That's all, you know, just come up with, you know, several ideas, you know, amongst the many ridiculous ones I come up with um, you know, every now and then I have one that's fairly decent and um, could actually be utilized. He's like, well, you ought to suggest that to somebody I'm like thinking, bro, between the three of y'all, if y'all don't 
can't take it up and run with it. Who do I need to talk to? Right. <laughs> <laughs> who else is I mean, there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, how much higher up? Like, who do I need to suggest this to if I, y'all just can't take it and run with it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it went well. I haven't heard anything yet. Uh, I've heard un- unofficial yeah talk but i haven't heard any official talk so but i mean i'm not i'm not worried if i you know it's one of those things i don't need it but if but if i'm fortunate enough to get it then i'll 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 be very gracious and uh you know we'll do my best yeah but you know otherwise otherwise yeah not nothing too too exciting uh on the home front here next week we will have a uh, our special guest uh, author and uh, I guess we'll say not really former film critic. I will just say film critic and and uh, author film historian Sean Levy. That episode will drop next week for Fourth of July. So yeah, celebrate America by listening to its film history. There you go. <laughs> There's our plug for that. <laughs> that was a great conversation that we that we had in which we got to talk about his books film history some of our favorite movies uh talked about soccer like that was fun little segue but you know it's always fun just to find out different learn different things about people so you got some good tips on writing so yes yeah so i just gotta get out of my own way (laughs) yep that's most people i think you know that's and especially when you're writing that is some like a really big challenge at least i found for me the biggest challenge when i used to write many moons ago was that i just wanted to hurry like i had this idea and i just wanted to hurry up and get it done Mm -hmm. i didn't want to focus on like all the much needed in-betweens yeah (laughs) of a story i had the story i had the beginning or I had the end and I'd have to figure out a beginning yeah. and I may have something in the middle, but I just wanted to hurry up and get it done. <laughs> I didn't have the patience for it back then. I, I couldn't even fathom trying to write something now for, at least for me. Um, yeah. Just because I don't, I still like, I have a lot more patience and a lot more uh, focus, but I don't have the time like I used to. Yeah. Like I barely have, you know, like I have the time for this barely, but to sit and, and uh, dedicate and focus on just writing, that is a little bit harder to come by. But plus I wouldn't know what to write now. I mean, you know, when I'm younger, it's, you know, all about the rom-com stuff and, right. And, you know, you know, boy meets girl. <laughs> so I, I remember you know, I, I did film class and screenwriting class. Teacher got on to me say, you got to talk about more than just relationships. I'm like, that's all I got, man. <laughs> I'm yeah. like 20 years old. That's all I got. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like I, I did write a lot when graduating from high school and it was just, it just came. Like I said, I've got bags full of old writings. I just mm-hmm. have never gone back to it. Cause I don't know. I, it's like, I wrote it out and I guess I'm done with it. I moved on from it. So I don't know if I want to read it. <laughs> again yeah but um i don't know it's just something i've been wanting to do at least at least do yeah. complete one thing 
and then go from there. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we all have your back. So, you know, yeah. the support's here, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, Something, you know, one of the movies we're going to, or that I'm going to talk about today is pretty much something I would have, I would like to think that, you know, if 24 year old Jeff was basically if I was not half my age, thank God, but close to almost half my age, this is something I would have written now. So mm-hmm. we'll get to that here shortly. Um, so let's start it off. We had the last and final episode, oh, last and final. That's kind of usually what last means, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> we had episode six. There we go. Of no. Obi Wan. Yes. Yes. The, yes. Um, for this season, um, not series, because I mean, I saw, I, I kind of wanted, if I could have slapped a headline, I would have done it. <laughs> like if you could actually physically slap a headline, yeah. this is when I would slap. Uh, the producers of Obi Wan said that if the if they felt if the fans felt there was a need for a season two and wanted it, they would make it. I'm like, I, I wanted. To, I've never wanted to slap a headline right. as much as I wanted to. Hey, well, things. To I'm say. like, I'm like. Star I was Wars. like, so there, just say there's going to be a season two, okay? Yeah. Just say if you and schedule if if you and schedule is free, they will shoot a second season. Yeah. Can get both him <laughs> and just, Hayden Christensen back. Yes, and if and just and if James Earl Jones too, and if and if yeah, if yeah. we can keep it's, protecting it, James Earl Jones. Yes, <laughs> and um, like the treasure he is. Yes, I keep seeing more motivated with his. Vader voiceovers than he was in Lion King. Yes. I was like, ah, yes. this is this is this is James Earl Jones. <laughs> yes. yes. Motivated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Acting. I want to hear I want to hear I want to hear James Earl Jones do the uh pull of love it to go acting. Thank you. <laughs> in that <laughs> deep booming voice of his, because it would be I would I would fall out of my chair. I would <laughs> Out of joy and out of laughter, because it would just be hilarious. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm not I like picturing it, it and this time I'm laughing. Um, I enjoyed this episode. Um, like for the whole first season, I guess we can agree episode four is probably the the mid at mid. <laughs> Everything else mm-hmm. is pretty 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 high. I mean, even though there's nitpicks in each episode, but um, four kind of ranks lower than everything else, and this one. I mean, I, I I really enjoyed it. You know, got mm-hmm. to see another confrontation. Um, got a bit of a tie up to the third sister, like what what her deal is and what her real motivation yeah. is, and um, yeah, it wasn't quite clean. You know, there, it had some things that yeah. got tweaked there as well. But um, um, I don't want to give it away if somebody hadn't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. But just there's right. there's a scene where. You kind of had the duality between Anakin and Darth. Scene happens there, and um, I that, enjoyed that. I, I re- yes, that yeah. probably was my favorite part of that yeah. episode. Yeah, was the two of them? Was the two of the? Was that part? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like you. I don't really want to give too much away, 
but yeah. it is definitely the it's probably the best scene <clears throat> in the series and honestly yeah. probably the best scene <laughs> in the series and all three episodes of the prequel because i don't like the prequels <laughs> not only was it stylized it was it the dramatic effect in it was was really intense plus just what was going on during yeah. that scene was really intense and i was more drawn to that than i was in anything in those three movies because again i don't like the prequels they're not it's not like episode three it, it yeah, kind of it, it this and with Revenge of the Sith being my favorite of the mm-hmm. prequels and uh, the only one I really would watch again. I mean, even though I've watched the other ones again, but mm-hmm. third one is my favorite. This kind of helps fill in some of the gaps, although it'd still be good to get some some stuff in between so we get a little yeah. more meat to Anakin's decision. But could be kind of like Wanda with the dark hole. The yeah. Palpatine had his claws in him and just wasn't that difficult to turn him because he wasn't getting what he wanted as a Jedi. And so it was kind of easier for him to be swayed just because of his, what is it? Um, his need for just to prove himself in a way. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, I was about to say because of his need of a girl. <laughs> That's technically hey, much older what, than him. <laughs> y- yes. What would happen if, because you know, same, you know, it's it's the mouse house. What if we find out Jane Foster and Padme are just variants? I mean, they're basically saying Thor's yeah. Anakin because it's the same yeah. <laughs> kind of storyline yeah, in a way. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah, hey. a little bit. Yeah, hey. I mean, they can make it work. So that makes so that makes Loki Princess Leia. That's so weird. No, it wouldn't. I take that back. No. No, that's definitely wrong. Completely <laughs> wrong. Wow, Jeff. Okay. So what happens when we record at night instead of during the day? <laughs> uh, but no, I agree. Uh, this is definitely the better episode of the series. I've told people that I think there's a good two and a half episodes out of the six. Like, uh, I think, yeah, I th- Yeah, six is good. Uh, I like second half, about half of three I like. And I like the second episode. So so two, six, and half of three. But one was okay. I mean, one's okay because it's... It's establishing things. It's establishing things and setting it up. It's introducing characters who I don't know because... I don't watch Clone Wars or play the video games. And so a lot of that stuff, I'm not like, oh, my God, that's because I. I yeah. But at the same time, it's still which things. There's not a lot going on. No. And it was still kind of rough around the edges. Oh, yeah. Two was a lot better. Um, like I said, half of three. And then, yeah, four is definitely the lesser of the series five. I'm just like, OK, it's still kind of a little bit more four but not as much but i still wasn't really impressed and then six like oh here we go yeah and then we're done and there's a moment i was like yeah i think we're probably gonna get a live action dragon ball z movie soon there's some things in there like 
Yeah, I can do it. I, I'd probably mess it up, but at least maybe it'll be better than what came out before. <laughs> that, that's not saying, I mean, that's not saying a lot. Yeah. No, no, no. Just have a better story. Maybe have a story? Yeah. Have the characters be a little more representative of their characters from the anime. You think? And just just be good. <laughs> just be a good movie overall. Well, we know the well, and the special effects will actually be good. Yeah, yeah. We've come a we've come a long way. Yeah, true. Because that movie was that movie was really tough to watch. I still never finished it. Every time I start, I guess I get sleepy. I'm like, nope. I'm I better off frustrated. just watching people talk about it. Yep. Valid. It's kind of like watching the Double Dragon movie. You're just like. I'm so mad at this movie on so many <laughs> levels or the super Mario brothers movie. Uh, yeah, it's got its charm, <laughs> but yeah, mm. like, I, I, yeah. For the time, but yeah, today don't even try putting that in the get out. Yeah. So I actually have a funny story. So my, uh, one of my buddies from back home, Aaron, he, get, he won free movie tickets on the radio. And wanted somebody to go with and asked if I wanted to go with. I'm like, sure, yeah, free movie. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Mario Brothers. Yeah, sure. Why not? I loved playing that. So we went and I'm watching this movie going, oh, my God, I'm so glad this movie was free. <laughs> I'd be so mad if we paid money for this. <laughs> it's just, I mean, Bob Hoskins at least looked the part, but there's no way they were brothers. Him and Lake was because there's like a 20 year age difference. Yeah, <laughs> at the at least nephew and uncle, and that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, it just oh Dennis Hopper is as a uh, King Koopa, Oof. Uh, and then the uh, and that was just so many. I, I hated that movie so much. <laughs> I didn't hate. I don't hate it. It just it's so poorly done, and was obviously made by people that had no idea what they were going to do. That's why Nintendo stayed away from movies up until this animated one. This is animated. Yes. So yes, they're like, nah, we're not doing live action. <laughs> we, we remember what happened before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> Fool me can get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens and with future if they decide to make it second season, which we, I think we all know they're going to make it second season. Yeah. They'd be a fool yeah. if they did it. Yeah. And one thing I've learned from Obi-Wan is who's more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next we have the latest episode of Miss Marvel. Have you had a chance to watch that? I did. I did. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts? Um, we're we're kind of breaking this the I guess cracking the shell on the origins of the of the Bengals and um. I mean, it was better. Um, I don't know. I, w- I want to see what the next two episodes will yeah. be, just to, so I can look at it overall. It's still I don't know. Like I don't know a lot about the character. I just know right. some of the tweaks they did to our powers and um yeah i'm just learning a lot of things i don't know so yeah you definitely it definitely does a flashback to was it 1942 or something like that 
somewhere around like there that. um yeah where they were at a grave site or a dig site one of her rel- you know her relatives and her friends were at a dig site and mm-hmm. they came across somebody that had the bracelet so they took the bracelet because those obviously they were dead buried actually i mean they got buried alive got crushed yeah. by like a statue or something and yep. uh <clears throat> so they you know they put the bracelet on and you know, gave them cosmic power and yeah. went off with it and then yeah people were you know obviously coming after them for it and then you get introduced to these like other people that were there that have come and talked to kamala and they're like go we you can't figure out if they're good guys or if they're bad guys or kind of just but right. some seems a little off kilter and then this this great you know fight scene at a wedding so and just, yeah <laughs> So I I love that no matter what outfit she's wearing, it's still incorporating all the colors, the red, the blue, the gold, like all mm-hmm. that stuff still incorporated in these outfits. And I absolutely I, I love it. I just the just different ways to in, be able to incorporate the whole Miss Marvel outfit. It's yeah, it's great. Um I I agree this this one's a little more interesting. It in the sense that it's not done as I want to say I want to say cute because cute's that's not a good. It's probably one of the more. It's not. It's not as playful. Yeah, yeah it's not it's as playful. Serious. There we go. A little more serious. Less. A little more serious. Less whims- <laughs> A little more serious. Less whimsical. There we yeah. go. Like stakes are kind of going yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. Right. So you can see the tone slightly changing in, in at least the style of filmmaking, whereas. Yeah. The first couple were a little more whimsical and more fun. This one's getting to be a little more serious, but still not losing its charm. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, I'm Grayson's still enjoying watching it. That's you know, I'm loving that. So I like I like the dance sequence too when they mm-hmm. did the during the wedding. I was like, okay, that's cool. Yes. I like yep. that. Agreed. <clears throat> so We'll see. Uh, we still got. We're halfway through because this was episode three. Also, um, when they were in the flashback during the the, the dig site, mm-hmm. I was watching a video. I was talking about some of the symboling that they were standing around was the mm-hmm. ten rings, ten ring symbols. Mm. So I was like, hmm, okay, maybe it's mm-hmm. instead of the Eternals, maybe it's related to Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. Maybe could be or both still because or both, yeah. The eternal bracelets. Yeah. (laughs) They're bracelets. I mean, we're going to find out that I'm right when this is all said and done. I mean, if you break the bangle up, it'll be a bracelets. Yep. See? (laughs) So, uh, God bless. (laughs) Uh, It's Marvel's, it's, it's Marvel and Disney's way of trying to just, it's like, you know, we listened to this one podcast after Shang-Chi came out. He made some great points. Those really are kind of bracelets and not rings. Yeah. How can we incorporate this into it? I know we'll do it in Miss Marvel. <laughs> Come Bengals this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a ti- he's a Missouri Tigers fan, and Bengals are Bengals a type of tiger. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll incorporate it. He'll see it. He'll see how it, it all connects in one way. The yeah, progression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll call. They'll be like little Easter eggs just for him. <laughs> Just a little bit. Oh, we're, we're, we're paying attention. We're, we're paying attention. 
bless. All right. Um, what else we got? Oh, uh, I finished watching The Offer. I was really sad to see it end, but the 10th and final episode aired, and it basically just showed the movie come or the movie is finished and how are they going to market it and how are they going to get it get it to as many theaters as possible so what they did was instead of just having it showing one or two screens per theater Mm -hmm. because it's what they used to do yeah so it would you know movies used to run longer in theaters between you know movies used to run for like six months in the theater three to six months not six weeks <laughs> because right. they didn't have any, they didn't have red, they didn't have any streaming obviously, nor did they have uh, video rentals yet. So movies stayed in theaters a lot longer. So they didn't have to worry about it. Having it in multiple screens. Well, uh, Colin Hanks's character came up with this brilliant idea of just having this massive uh, release throughout the country in, in multiple, multiple screens so it gets more people in mm-hmm. and it creates a bigger buzz so when they go to work and, you know, uh, and, and uh, socialize with friends, they all can talk about it and then it'll drive more people into the theater and they'll have a bigger opening, uh, you know, first, you know, first couple week opening. Yeah. And there was such a debate about who is going to want to sit for three hours. You know, uh, you can only show it so many times because it's a three hour movie. And he's like, what if this doesn't pay off? He's like, it has to. The movie's that good. And so they're like, all right, do it. And then boom, massive success. But it also shows the premiere. And then it goes into it fast forwards to like the Oscar nominations and then, you know, all the wins that I got and then the after party and then like what, what uh, the fact that Ruddy wanted to had no interest. Not that he didn't have interest in the sequel. Like they were already talking about making the sequel, but that the sequel being the origin story of Vito Corleone and how it juxtaposes with Michael Corleone's rise. And that whole idea, and that yeah. Francis and Mario Puzo were already working on that. And meanwhile, Ruddy wanted to make his own movie with his own idea being the uh, the longest yard with Burt Reynolds. And so th- he chose to he chose to make that movie instead of going on to be a part of the sequel. So that was pretty fascinating. And then you know it shows all that. And then once the credits roll, it shows how each character, it shows the real character, you know, the real person they portrayed and then what they went on to do afterwards. You know, it's really fascinating. This show, I'm sorry, needs all the, needs all the Emmys, all the Golden Globes, the acting, the directing, just everything was just top notch. One of my favorite series of the year for sure. So if you don't have Paramount Plus, this might be a reason to get it, or at least do a trial, you know, trial offer. Yeah, watch the series because it is that good. So you know, we not just you know, and obviously some of the stuff in there is just it's 
you could you could see what's <laughs> what in there is being put in there for dramatic effect and you know for the story mm-hmm. but probably didn't really happen but it helps punch up the drama a little bit but yeah. it's worth it the acting alone is worth it much less just all the crazy stuff that happened during the making of that movie so yeah definitely offer one of my favorite series of the of the year so far i guess we're almost we're over halfway pet through the year <laughs> right we are i mean i mean shoot yesterday yesterday was the 25th which means it's 12 months till christmas <laughs> hate to say that but here we are yeah <clears throat> uh, that's all i got as far as tv um <clears throat> i'm still watching the man who fell to earth the mm-hmm. ninth episode is yeah. out tonight so i may watch okay. it later and then the tenth episode will be next week. So by the time we record again, I will have finished it. So I'll, I'll probably talk about it then, just to okay. overall. Yeah. Um, but I watched the latest episode of The Boys season three. Yeah. <laughs> um, the title of the episode is Herogasm. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 not as crazy as I thought it was going to be. The okay. way that I've been kind of hearing and reading saying oh it's gonna be like mm-hmm. crazy but it's it's crazy enough like it's got a scene in there where it pretty much goes netflix <laughs> in a way from, what, <laughs> from, from, from the finale show there's a, there's a few blurs yeah. here and there but they they yeah. basically it's definitely not a kitsch i mean the whole series is not a yeah. kitsch series but well, no not at all it's definitely an episode <laughs> you don't need to watch um but again this it's it's a nice cool battle scene at the end that's it's great. That's, that's all I can say. I don't want to give it away. Um, this season just been on point so far. Okay. Yeah. I, I I'm going to do my best to get caught up. I'm still like episode two, season two. Yeah. But I'll, I'm going to do my best to get caught up so I can kind of have a better conversation with you about it. But it's also going to be challenging because the third season of the umbrella Academy just dropped. And then as we speak, season four of Westworld is premiering. So <laughs> maybe Friday may- part two of stranger things. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm behind on umbrella Academy. I've never watched that. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. It's, so it's also it. not for kids. It's also not for kids. <laughs> yeah. I might like it. Then. It's from, from the mind of My Chemical Romance, Gerard Way, the lead singer, came up is the right was the writer. Gabriel Ba was the artist uh, behind it. But it's that's no, good. Uh, second season is interesting because they end up winding up in 1963 and they're trying to prevent the assassination of Kennedy because mm-hmm. they think they think their leader, their mentor, I guess that uh started it could have might have been the one that killed kennedy so they're trying to prevent it and yeah then they end up time traveling causing this big huge event which then causes them to wind up what appears to be an alternate universe where they meet another umbrella academy that is not them but yeah multiverse and shit so yeah, that's where season three is going to pick up. So, 
it looks very it looks interesting but yeah it's also not really for kids um yeah i mean maybe teens but definitely not there's a lot of a lot of weird things that go on that's would be hard to explain to younger kids. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but it is it is entertaining for sure. It's definitely entertaining. I, I've enjoyed it. But I also read the first Umbrella Academy graphic novel. Um, I always found that the uh, Umbrella Academy Dallas was really hard to find. So I can never really read it. Uh, so, yeah. But third one should be interesting westworld i'm not sure where else they're gonna go with this yeah unless that uh, 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 season three was okay but i wasn't really that impressed with it i was kind of, i was like yeah this could have been done and this could have ended after season two and i would have been fine with it yeah so but we got a season three and now we have a season four so i guess i'm gonna find out why we're doing it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why hbo's like yeah why not so a lot a lot on the table coming up and we're rolling into july which is going to be the busiest month as far as movie releases so true we have our work cut out for us sir so time to stretch yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> stretch and get ready oh yeah so, all right, uh, let's get into our feature presentation. First of all, can I say thank you for actually watching this? Because <laughs> I know it's 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 not a musical in the sense that it's not it's a it's a biographical musical, I guess, but it's not a musical like La La Land or you know yeah, I don't want to say the four I don't want to say the four what it's four letter yeah. c word yeah. <laughs> actually not that four letter c word but um <laughs> the animal yeah yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> i was yeah, like I mean... oh, that's kind of funny how i did that yeah <laughs> um yeah of course I mean, we're talking I mean, about elvis we're talking about elvis yeah it, i mean like i guess the trailer almost like i, I take just a trailer almost got me um yeah i like tom hanks um, I didn't think Austin Butler looked too much like Elvis. He kind of favored him, but as he gets older, he starts looking at him more. Yeah. But I was just like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of Elvis. I- I'm familiar with either. a lot of music, but yeah, you know, the, same. Eh, don't need to really watch yeah. it. But I mean, I can already tell it's going to be up for a lot of nominations. Right. I, I wasn't wrong about that. No. <laughs> no. No. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I watched it. So, <clears throat> yeah. So this is Boz Lerman's Elvis. Now, with to me that I I have a distinct visual image when I hear Boz Lerman. Did you ever watch Moulin Rouge when it came out? And was that ninety nine, two thousand? I want to say I did. Two thousand one. There we go. It's been 21 okay. years, so I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You would, I mean, it's a very frenetic movie, is how I, uh, it's definitely an original. I mean, it's not been anything like it for sure. And I haven't seen anything even remo- come remotely close to it since. 
um, starring Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman, John Leguizamo, uh, Richard Roxburgh, who was also in Elvis, who plays Elvis's dad, uh, Jim Broadbent. That's the first time I'd ever heard of Jim Broadbent was, mm-hmm. was in Moulin Rouge. And then uh, just so many uh, amazing people in this movie. And it the way he was able to use contemporary music in this bohemian movie about which is essentially a a love story but it's also extremely funny it was just something i I just i had never seen anything like it now he also did romeo and juliet with leo and claire danes Mm. and here harold perot perry perry that's french last name that was also in lost um Anyways, uh, which was also a, a visual storytelling that hadn't been done that way before. He he does have a lot of style in his storytelling. There's a lot of style. There's the costumes are always going to be on point, and the visual ed- the editing is always boom. I mean, it's it's quick, but it's done. It's done in a way to further the story, tell a story. It's not done like Michael Bay for quick, fast edits or some of yeah. these action movies that are quick, fast edits for fight scenes. So you don't, you can't really tell what's going on. You just know there's a lot going on and that it's fast and that it, you know. Yeah. It is, you know, this is actually, actually storytelling with it. Yeah. yeah. I give it that. Yes. Yeah. It, so, but this is the first one he's done where, it's a bi, you know, his first bi- biographical. <laughs> that's um, that's the best we're gonna do tonight. Um, and like you know, like you, I'm not huge on Elvis. My mom raised me on Elvis, but you know, I didn't. I knew enough about him and about his story and everything, but I definitely have some of my favorites, and then the rest maybe not so much. Yeah. Uh, but the way they told the story, I mean, the acting alone should get should get you into the theater. Like Austin Butler, this guy, I can't I can't talk enough about how good he was in this film. I'm trying to think of what else I've seen him in. I guess he was in Once Time Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He played Tex Watson. Uh. But hmm. the dead don't die. The Jack, uh, so Jim Jarmish is that that one? Yeah, that's the Jim Jarmish one with uh, Adam Driver and Bill Murray that I and Tom Waits I never got a chance to watch. Um. Oh, Shin, the Shannara Chronicles TV show. I guess it was on MTV or something. Oh, yeah, I guess he was in uh, Yoga Hosers, uh, Kevin Smith's last movie. Uh. Played Chase and Arrow for a season. I'm trying to remember season three. Mm, I might have to look that one up. And then he was in the Carrie Diaries and some t- some other TV. But otherwise, I mean, this is kind of his more or less his big breakout role. Um, I I thought he looked enough like Elvis that he pulled it off. He wasn't like to me. He didn't look. He was he didn't look like he was just like cosplaying Elvis or trying to be like an Elvis impersonator. 
I think yeah. he really delved into who the character, you know, who Elvis was. Um, he was you know, in, I like, I really do like how they showed his upbringing, like where he learned his singing and his love of gospel, his love of blues because he was raised in the poor area. And cause, cause his dad got sent to jail. So his mom had to, you know, they lost their house. So him and his mom had to go. Um, I think they even said it referred to it living in the poor house. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, okay. But, you know, growing up, but he grew up watching, watching these, you know, amazing musicians play the blues and mm-hmm. watch how they play guitar and then learn to do it basically just like that and was heavily, heavily influenced by him. And then when they, you know, growing up in Tupelo, Mississippi, and then when he moved to Memphis and he was friends with B.B. King, hung out with him and all these other blues legends and just respecting their music so when he would sing either their songs he wasn't doing it to do it better he was doing it at more like an homage like out of respect like mm-hmm. listen i'm going to do it different but I, because he's wanting that mu- that music to get out like he's wanting that to get more exposure and this is just the music he loves but he's also going to do it his way and it was interesting to see how, you know, for uh, for you and I, even watching watching him get up there, shake his hips on stage, even we kind of look at that and go, that's really not that big. A, I mean, no. shaking his hips, you know, it's whatever. But you and I could both understand, you know, at least have enough knowledge that we could think, well, back in the fifties, that was huge. <laughs> I mean, compared to what they show now, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, they would be. Most people, most most parents would wish artists would just shake their hips, fully clothed, <laughs> yeah, on stage. Yeah, and that's a rare thing these days. <laughs> exactly, but I love how when he gets out there on the stage for that first time, and he starts kind of gyrating and everything, mm-hmm. like they really focus in on the audience and how the in their reactions. And yeah. how it pulls in more and more and, and zooms it. You know, the the shots get closer and closer to the uh, to the to the women in the audience mm-hmm. because it's just showing it. And you just feel that that drive in music, like just amplifying more and more and more. And it's like, yeah, they're reacting to it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Ruffled a lot of feathers. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, he was uh, determined to do it his way. Yep. And they were comparing him to the black artist during the time that was doing the same dancing. Like, yes. well, you can't be doing yes. their dance because you're not them. And right. Like, but that's what he grew up around. So yeah. That's, that's like well, this. Yeah. This is what I know because you're right. Like you said. Yeah. And of course, you know, because it's during, you know, it's the South and the 50s and it's very still segregation and you have. Uh, you have centered, you know, you know, fairly racist senators. Mm-hmm. Shocking in the South in the fifties that we had that, and it's hard to believe. Um, seems like some things still haven't changed. Anyways, um, we uh, 
we uh, he's really trying to go after his manager, Colonel Tom Parker, who we you know later find out not really his name, not really a colonel, never served. <laughs> Just, anyways, very secretive identity yeah. to his origins. But we, uh, but yeah, we uh, we learned so much about just the history of what of this time period because you know a lot of you know because the way this movie is shot and and done, it's done in a more I want to say in the youth, it's done in a way that it's going to get a lot of younger people in the uh, like that eighteen to twenty four demographic in the seats to watch this. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna—they're not gonna know half of this history, if not most of it. So, for, you know, for a lot of years, this is like a history lesson. Yeah, you know, watching this and watching the impact Ellis had on music—not just blues, but you know, king of rock and roll—you know, just is what he winds up. But just his transition and the. You know, not just Austin Butler's performance, but Tom Hanks as a villain. Name me another movie where Tom Hanks has played a villain. Not many. I can't think of one. He's always the guy you root for. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of him. I mean, if if there is, I yeah. haven't seen, I haven't watched it. If there is. If, if, <laughs> if there is, I cannot. I, it's got to be. I can't even, I honestly cannot think of one. Yeah. Cause he's always played the guy, you know, he's, I mean, he's America's dad, you know, <laughs> like, you know, as far as the film industry goes, he's the one you go, you go cheer on, you know, cause you know, he's going to be the good guy. And for him to, I mean, for me, this is a nice departure for him to try and do something different. Yeah, he's got a lot of prosthetics. I still hear Woody whenever he talks, but Woody with a weird accent. <laughs> Why are you shaking your hips? Do you have a snake in your boot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, got that but uh, his performance was great. Yes, but it was so good. Yeah. His performance was amazing. Like I think he'll get <laughs> supporting actor. Austin Butler yeah. should get nominated for actor. You know, Golden Globes would be comedy or musical because it's musical. Yeah. But get nomination for uh, costume, makeup. Yep. Directing, editing, for sure. Yeah. Because there's one scene where Elvis is playing a song, uh, his comeback, you know, I guess you could say, after doing all these failed Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. And wanting to get back to his more like like a back to his roots type of thing, he decides to play this song that he was one of the first ones he ever recorded. But it's also a song that he grew up watching some, you know, this uh, this black artist play and perform. And so what it does is what they did an excellent job as far as the editing the directing of wanting to shoot this, shoot it this way. And then being able to put all three, three, it's basically like a three split screen shot of all three performances occurring at the same time of the person who, who originally sang the song, him recording it for that first time. And then him on this comeback tour 
So it's all three playing at the same time in a great harmony. Like it just, oh, it's perfect. Loved it. And just in the fact that they did that a couple other times, just, I just, yeah, it's great. I just, I cannot sing enough praises. I just loved, I, I loved, I was very surprised. Let me rephrase that. I was very surprised at how much I liked this movie. Cause I saw the trail. I'm like, all right, it's Elvis. You know, it'll be, it'll be fine. It's whatever. Um, I was not a fan of, I didn't care for Australia with Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly cause it was so different than Mulan Rouge. It was such a, not a departure. It was just a different, he was just telling a different kind of story. So I just didn't think it landed as well as Romeo and Juliet, Mulan Rouge, and, you know, so on. But this one loved it. York, I took York because York said he wanted to go see it. I'm like, are you, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, if you want to go, I'll take you. I'm not going to say no. I just, a little more surprised because this doesn't seem like the type of movie you would be interested in, but he wanted to go. So we went and he said he really liked it. Uh, now it is PG 13. It is two hours and 39 minutes. It's not a short movie. Mm-mm. Could it, could you take something out? I mean, you probably could. I honestly am trying to think of where, but yeah, I would like to see it be a sharp two hour movie. I just don't with biopics. It's so hard because you, you'll end up leaving something out. Yeah. Yeah. I think everything that was in it needed to be in it. So two hours, 39. All right. Maybe could have taken a song out, I guess, but I mean, it, the acting was great. Everything about it. I just really, I'm surprised it's released in June and not November. Like this is a November release to me. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'm for it. I mean, it, it definitely hit all the notes it needed to hit for me. So very impressed, very impressed. So we'll probably wind up, it'll probably wind up somewhere on my list for the year. Like I enjoyed it that much. So. All right. Uh, You got anything else, my friend? No, I mean, I liked it more than I was expecting to. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the performances because <laughs> they were all on point. Um, yeah. I did notice like some more, I guess, current day songs slipped in there. And I was like, kind of yeah. threw it off a little bit. So, but it was, it was cool. <laughs> but if, yeah, I mean, it threw it off, but yet at the same time, it still kind of fit. But that's yeah. Boz Worman taking finding a way to put contemporary music into something that's out of its time, you know, yeah, out of its I mean, time. It wasn't bad. It's just, I wouldn't, I did yeah. It's like, it just threw me off. Like, wait, no, yeah. but you know, it's like, all right, I just went with it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and they would take contemporary song that would work it in and then somehow to work in like, I forgot what, who was, it was a hip hop song and they worked in hound dog into that song. It was yeah. very interesting. This is the remix. <laughs> About all that was missing. So yeah, I did actually download the soundtrack. I'm I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I'm I'm curious to listen to those songs, those contemporary songs with the Elvis songs in it. Uh, I'm curious to listen to the full version of it. See how it how it works. 
or does it work? <laughs> so I guess we'll see. Stand by for the next episode where I talk about music. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, but yeah, very impressed. All right, my friend, you want to hit us with another one? All right. So yesterday went to see the movie, the black phone. <clears throat> it's one I've been kind of looking forward to been, you know, delayed because of our thing that's going on. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it finally released June 24th of this year has a runtime of an hour and 43 minutes. So it's pretty good. Sweet spot time directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed the first Dr. Strange movie yep. about out of the last one. So I'm curious how his would have turned out if he had, if he had stuck by stuck with it. Mm. Um, but it stars Mason Thomas, Madeline McGraw, Jeremy Davies, James Ransom and Ethan Hawke. Um, this is never, about, heard <laughs> never heard of him. <laughs> nah, must be a new guy. It's a new, fresh up and comer. I think he'll yeah. go places. <laughs> yep. Um, so after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, the 13 year old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. So, <clears throat> so you have these missing kids. I think when it starts off, you have maybe two or three that are missing. And then they had two more. They don't actually show the actual abduction. They kind of fade to black when it happens. It's almost like uh, it was kind of interesting how they did it. I'm like, well, I want to see what happens. But they do kind of show it later on. Um, so you have Finney Shaw. And his sister Gwen, they live with their dad Terrence, who's an alcoholic, grieving over his dead wife, who committed suicide, and he pretty much takes out his grief on them. He makes it kind of hard on them, and um, like they were, they're just reading the paper for breakfast, and and Finney's eating a cereal. He's doing a lot of slurping. It's like, okay, just slurp a little a little louder. They're not they can't hear you in the next county. And, you know, just a comment like that. <laughs> And um, and then the sister comes in and opens up the bread box and makes a a loud noise. And, you know, it's just, yeah, he's not having a good morning. But you have all these kidnappings happening. And um, so Finney ends up being one of the people kidnapped. And so like the description says, he ends up in this basement that's soundproof. And they call this, the person that's kidnapping kids, call them the grabber. One of the interesting things, Ethan Hawke plays this, plays the grabber is his assortment of masks that he wears. Like the first one, like he literally comes on the scene. Like you don't even like they, they do do some, they do some jump scares, but it's like done right. Cause we probably had maybe, maybe 10 to 15 people in, in the watching it. And uh, they all reacted like, like they were like literally jump, like jump vocally, verbally reacted <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, all right. I mean, I'm just sitting there like, all right, that was good. <laughs> um, but um, first mask, it's like no expression, no mouth, just dead, and you see the eyes. Mm-hmm. Then he has one where it covers his eyes but leaves his mouth free. Another one covers his mouth but his eyes are free. You know, it's just it's different. It's real creepy looking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he tells Finn he's not going to hurt him. He just wants to 
keep him here and won't won't let won't make him do anything that he doesn't want to do. But it's real creepy. And he leaves him in the room. Sometimes Finney wakes up and he's just staring at him like real creepily, like, like I'm yeah. not trying to hurt you. I just want to look at you. That's it's just the way he says it. It's like, God, creep, creep. <laughs> and so every so often the phone in the room rings, but it's disconnected. But he's hearing these different kids that happen to be some of them that are, have been kidnapped. And they're trying to give him clues on what to do so he can save himself since they weren't successful. And so that's basically what gotcha. this movie is, is him trying to figure out how to get out. His sister is a bit of a clairvoyant where she has dreams and mm-hmm. she sees things. And so her dad is against her doing that because her mom was the same way. And he tried mm. convincing her that, hey, you know, she's seeing things that's not there. And she eventually took her own life. I just don't want you to do that. So that's, that's his big hang up about her doing that. Oh, okay. But, you know, and then she's trying to figure out how she can save her brother and her brother's trying to figure out how he can save himself because he's pretty docile and timid. Yeah. Like he kind of shies away from confrontation. Uh, one of the kids is his friend that's pretty good at fighting is kind of has his back is one of the kids that gets kidnapped. And so the bullies start attacking him and, but the sister, she's, she's, she's the, she's the MVP in this movie. I mean, so she, she takes up for her brother. I'll just say that. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got a, she's got a hell of a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> says things that comes out of my mouth. I'm like, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. But one thing I'll say, this neighborhood is horrible when it comes to protecting their kids because these things happen in broad daylight <laughs> when they get kidnapped. I'm like, how is nobody hearing it? How does somebody see it? Like, like yeah. But I'm like, dude, if you get out of this, you need to have your day. Y'all need to move. Because <laughs> this neighborhood yeah, is no horrible. Kidding. Neighborhood is horrible. Where they um, live, dairy. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it felt it's, like it. In, Some it, of the it's imagery. fitting. Yeah. That's it. It's fitting because it's based on the graphic novel by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son. Ah, I mean, it felt like there's some some imagery in here where it was very reminiscent of of uh, Pennywise, and mm-hmm. um, but it's good. Like I really enjoyed it. Um. I know it's got high ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, so I was a little like, mm, "Am I going this and not like it?" But it's pretty good. I think it's worth checking out. Okay, I probably this seems like one I'd probably like. Um, yeah. I just didn't have time to go see it. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth it, and it's uh, not it's not too long. It's good, good time. Oh no, time frame. perfect. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You can't get much better than an hour and forty three. Okay, uh, so. My next one, and also my my also next favorite. <laughs> I'm having on, I had a great week as compared to some others where I kind of struggled to find something good. Um, yeah. On in theaters, uh, I think at least here in Nashville, it's playing at Belcourt because I know uh, somebody that went and saw it at Belcourt, but also on Apple TV Plus where I watched it is the movie Cha Cha Real Smooth. Just like the song, mm-hmm. you know, cha cha now, jump to the left, now jump to the right, cha cha now. Okay. Anyways, uh, came out this past Friday and has a runtime of one hour forty seven minutes. Uh, a young man who works as a bar mitzvah party host strikes up a friendship with a mother and her autistic daughter. 
starring Cooper Rafe as Andrew, Dakota Johnson as Domino, Evan Asante as David, Vanessa Burghardt as Lola, Leslie Mann as Andrew's mom, Brad Garrett as uh, Andrew's stepdad, Greg, and then Raul Castillo as Joseph, who is who is Domino's husband. So Andrew first started going to bar mitzvahs when he was a kid, you know, going mm-hmm. to these parties and having to go. And one of the, this girl that was kind of like the party host, he just fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And he could see that she was making, I mean, he was like maybe 10 or he's probably York's age at this. He's like 11 years old, you know, 11, 12 years old. This girl is probably like 19 or 20, you know? Yeah. And his mom was so awesome. Uh, just he's like, I, "Mom, I'm I have to go tell her. I just I have these feelings for her. I just I I have to go." Th-. It's like she's like, "Are you?" It's like I don't. She's like, "I I don't know. Are you sure this is this is what feels right to you?" You know, just trying to kind of help him through it. Like yeah. she knows nothing. You know that he's going to get heartbroken, but she also knows that she also realizes that he has to go and express, he has to go find out what rejection feels like too. And just be there for him for, you know, for when that happens and, you know, and the inevitable happens and yeah. So his mom climbs, you know, while they're driving home, you know, his mom climbs in the back seat and, you know, tries to console him as much as possible. And then it kind of fast forwards to the future where, Andrew is now 24, I believe, and he's a bar mitzvah host. You know, he's there. He's all, he's drinking while he's hosting, playing the music. But he's also finding kids that aren't going out and dancing and going and going out there and basically getting them out on the floor and trying to be very supportive. I mean, he's, the one flaw this movie has is that there isn't a whole lot of flaws in andrew's character Hmm. you know what i mean it's like whenever you have a protagonist they have to have a flaw because they have that's how stories progress is them overcoming the flaws that they have or working through them some way yeah well when andrew doesn't have a whole lot of flaws except for the fact he falls in love with someone that's married (laughs) so i guess that's kind of it but it's not really flawed to fall in love is just sucks that they're yeah the person who you fell in love with is married yeah and but he ends up befriending domino at this party at one of these parties and you know he he ends up dancing with lola who is autistic um and doesn't really fit in with a lot of people and he ends up actually befriending domino and ends up going and not really babysitting, but going over to spend time with Lola while her parents go on a date. So not really babies. I mean, technically that's kind of what it is because he gets paid for it, but he's like, I really don't like, I just have fun spending time with her and, you know, playing games and uh, she's a good kid. Yeah. And so it's just, a, it's very lighthearted. Like this, it's not like overly dramatic and 
you know, kind of love story. It's just very lighthearted and it's just, you could see how much he's really wanting to fall in love, you know, with her. And he's really one that reciprocated and how's that going to happen? Cause then he's going to want her to leave her husband. Who's actually like, they don't really take a lot of steps to show how her husband's bad. Right. So it makes it even harder for Domino's character to want to leave. True. So like it's I think that's the kind of overarching story is that how does he convince somebody that they actually be happy? He was <laughs> that they would be good together because she's I mean she is older than him mm-hmm. and he doesn't really have like a stable job per se, but uh because he's still young. I mean, he's t- like 24, so he's still very young, and all of this is still new to him. And he's still, I guess, idealistic when it comes to love, in the sense that you know, there's. She even says, "Well, how many, how many uh, times do you think a person?" Because he's talking about his soulmate, and uh, he's like, "I think everybody has like multiple soulmates, but you know, you probably have like." T- She's like, "Well, how many do you think I have?" And he's like, probably 12. And she's like, well, how many would you say you have? Something like 1,200. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but he's using soulmates in a way that's a non-sexual kind of way. You know, it's a it's people that you just deeply, deeply connect with that you were made to to be in their lives. That type of that type of thing. Not understand him on that. Not yeah. Yeah. I feel him on that. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that's kind of more where he's coming from. And it's just, uh, there's a lot of good humor in this. Like he's a very, if this movie was made in the 1980s, John Cusack would have played this character like hands down. Yeah. This is, this screams John Cusack role in this, uh, trying to think nineties, probably John Cusack. Actually, (laughs) you think like high fidelity, a very likable character. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think like younger who would probably in the nineties that would kind of play this, but he just has that. Uh, Cooper Rafe just has this charisma and this likability about him and this kind of childlike innocence about relationships. And it just makes him very likable and you kind of want to root for him. But at the same time, you, you kind of, you, you can, put yourself in his shoes because everybody's i'm sure at some point had a crush on someone that was already in a relationship that they're happy in <laughs> like I, I find that hard to believe people haven't yeah. i'm not saying these people were married that you're trying to break up a happy home but just that they're with somebody but yet you're also like want to be that person <laughs> yeah uh it's great it's such a just a good lighthearted, just fun movie and it's definitely rewatchable i'm gonna easily rewatch this again but i can't yeah like this enough um cooper rafe also wrote and directed this so maybe that made it a little bit easier for him to play this character (laughs) but uh i I can't wait to see what he does next i'm i'm a fan i'm on board so just kind of like i was when miles teller was in the spectacular now with Shailene Woodley. I was like, okay, I'm on board with this kid. 
he's going to be the next Cusack. And so far, hasn't proved me wrong. We don't count Fantastic Four. What? Hmm? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hmm. What? What movie? Yeah, hmm. exactly. Hmm. <laughs> we ain't counting that one. Yeah. Just just like we don't count that for Michael B. Jordan. We're not counting that for Miles Teller either. Mm-mm. So, um, but yes, definitely check this out either in theater or uh, on Apple TV Plus if you have it. If not, again, not a bad time for a trial offer. So, uh, definitely check it out. All right. <clears throat> My final entry comes via Paramount Plus. Um, I watched Beavis and Butthead do the universe because, of course, you did. It's what yeah. year? <laughs> it's nineteen ninety. What? <laughs> it still takes place in ninety eight. Starts off. Okay. And um, so anyway, it's directed by Mike Judge, John Rice, and Albert Caleros. Because you know it's animated, so you have multiple people doing different things. Uh, Mike yep. Judge provides voices for Beavis and Butthead, plus a few others. Uh, Gary Cole, Nat Faxon, <clears throat> Shy McBride, Andrea Savage, Jimmy O. Yang, and Phil Lamar also make appearances here. Nice. So, after a creative judge sentences them to space camp, a black hole sends our adolescent heroes 24 years into the modern future where the duo misuse iPhones, embark on a quest to score, and become targets of the deep state. So, because of course. Yeah. I mean, they just get into stuff just because they're them. Um, they're idiots. Because they're idiots. Yeah, they <laughs> Don't know just, any better. No, no, like, yeah. not at all. So, it starts off with them at a science fair. And for whatever reason, Butthead is just kicking Beavis in the nether regions, <laughs> nether regions just over and over. So, and of course, their, their idiocy, they don't even know they're at a science fair. <laughs> so, we, <laughs> so they're like, you know, maybe this will be our science fair. We'll actually do data and all this stuff. And they see one of those machines to actually a kicking machine. And so Butthead turns it all the way up kicks beavis and they end up burning down the whole science fair and it yeah. goes to court <laughs> and so the judge looks at it like okay maybe we failed them maybe it's not really their fault maybe it's just us the adults that's failed them so instead of punishing them and since the science fair was destroyed and we don't know who actually won we'll just send them <laughs> to camp <laughs> we'll send them to the camp <laughs> so that's punishment you have to learn <laughs> that's bullshit so like, so they go and they have this docking simulation set up and of course it's very it's very juvenile it's just just imagine pistons in an engine and they're constantly playing it and they just go on until the next day and instead of instead of them seeing just how dumb it is they think, oh, wow, they're doing a good job. They know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> and they offer them to become astronauts <laughs> now. So now they train them to be astronauts. 
And so at some point, one of the astronauts, Selena or Serena, makes them an offer to you know go to space. But of course, they interpret it for them being able to score. So that's their whole motivation. We get to go to space and score. Right. Uh, <laughs> but then they also end up destroying things in space and gets kicked out, jettisoned into space in their suits, go through a black hole, and they end up in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> so bottom line is they show up, government sees it, they think they're aliens. They get this like realistic rendering of their their profile pictures. Mm-hmm. Serena thinks they're back to turn her in for murder. <laughs> and all they're wanting to do is score. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Government's after them. One track. Aliens. Serena thinks they're trying to frame her and they're just trying to score. That's basically what the movie is. (laughs) All kind of weird things happen. Like there's a, there's a scene where they bring up white privilege. Oh Lord. (laughs) They tell them what it is. And they're like, ah, they're at a college. And so they just take that and just run with it. It's funny. It's, if if you watched Beavis and Butthead during that time and you liked it, yes. you'll like this. Yeah. If you didn't, it's not going to change your mind, but you know what you right. get into. Yeah, you know what yeah. you get into. I thought it was funny. That's what it's, she said. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it was it was fun. I, I actually liked it. Like, it's not better. Like, I know you said you might have watched a Nick Cage movie. And I yeah. said, well, it's my... <sighs> it's still better, but this is, this is fun yeah. as well. <laughs> and okay. good thing about it, it's only an hour and 27 minutes. So... Even sweeter spot. It's, yep, exactly. Not even <laughs> ninety minutes. <laughs> nope. And if you got Paramount Plus, if you got Boom. the time. It's, yep. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I'll get. I'll get around. I'll get around to it. For I sure. just thought it was funny. Like I didn't think I was going to laugh. I'm like, man, it's just yeah, so stupid. Childish, immature. I'm an I'm an adult yeah. now. I'm like, man, I'm yep. still. I'm, I'm the guy yeah, that watches still, yeah. Waterboy over and over. So. Yep. And that's- <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still going to get the humor, yeah. but it, it was it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Cool. It shocked me. Well, there you go. (laughs) I ended up not watching the Nick Cage movie. Instead, I'd still have a two watch. I just haven't watched it yet. Uh, I instead watched Watcher. Not the Watcher, just Watcher or Watch Her. Interesting. Um, it came out, uh, I want to say a few weeks ago. I think it's a limited release. It was supposed to come out in theaters and it coming out on demand. So I just like, well, this sounded interesting. I wanted to watch it. I'll mm-hmm. rent it. You know, it's fine. With a runtime of one hour, 31 minutes rated R also interesting enough. Uh, cha-cha real smooth rated R. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could take some language out and because there's no nudity take some language out and it's a great pg-13 movie i just mm. i don't know but it, i i enjoyed it anyways doesn't matter uh watchers rated r uh runtime of one hour 31 minutes a young american woman moves with her husband to bucharest and begins to suspect that a stranger who watches her from the apartment building across the street Maybe a local serial killer decapitating women. Hmm. Starring, uh, I think it's pronounced Maika, M-A-I-K-A, Monroe, as Julia, Carl 
Lusman as Francis Byrne Gorman, great character actor Byrne Gorman from The Offer. And uh, was it what else was he in? Uh, oh, he was in the Halo show. And of course, hmm. Pacific Rim. And I mean, you trust me, you would know him if you saw him, one of those great character actors. Uh, then that's kind of the main three. Because there's really not a huge cast. There's a couple of neighbors uh, that are in it and like a taxi driver. I mean, there's like a very small, small cast. But your yeah. main three characters are going to be those three. And really, uh, Burned Gorman, who plays the Watcher, is in it very little as far as actual speaking roles. It's more just staring at windows. <laughs> and, you know, walking and doing you know, cause she trails him at some point. And, and so he's doing things, but he's not actually a whole lot of speaking rules. So or the speaking watcher has a watcher. Yeah. The watcher pretty much. Has a watcher. Because the watcher becomes the watchy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she's there in Romanian uh, for, she moves there. She doesn't know the language. Her husband speaks it fluently. So he's at work a lot. And so she's left at home and she tries to go out and start learning. She gets one of those like audio book, you know, like Rosetta Stone type of things where you learn the, learn a new language and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it shows her trying to throw, you know, trying to learn the language, trying to do all these things. But there's like these, you see that these murders are on. She's watching the news and seeing that these murders are occurring and are occurring close by to where they live. And he, uh, her husband, she's having to have her husband translate what they're saying. And you can tell he's not telling her the full story of everything that they're saying. I think so that she wouldn't worry while she's at home alone and he's at work. Mm -hmm. There are parts of this story. There are parts of this movie where I'm thinking, was the husband actually like it's going to be one of those twists where the husband's the serial killer and the dude across the street across the street is just there like it's you know like a red herring like oh yeah this yeah. is who you're nope um so there's a lot of interesting they do a good job sh- you know showing the intensity it is kind of a slow burn per se not not to not to use the pun of the actor's name, but um, it is very interesting. It's her trying to wrestle with her, the relationship with her husband, because she feels like he's not, he doesn't believe her that this guy's, you know, just sitting there watching her and no, you know, no one else like to the point she even waves at some point and he waves back. Hmm. So, she knows he that this guy's watching her and not somebody else in one of these other windows. Now, why she done just pull the curtains? I've yet to figure that one out, but it seems like an easy fix. Yeah. Uh, but then it pulls the curtains, credits. Yeah. <laughs> I can and, see somebody doing that. Yeah. <laughs> My version of Watcher. No. Huh. Yep, sure. Yep. Uh, Directed it's by. Like, yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Credits. Move on to the next window. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it, it just shows that it does kind of 
the way it's told it, it it definitely makes you wonder whether or not she's just having because she's watching all these news things maybe she's just being paranoid and because that's kind of what her neighbors kind of think that's kind of what her husband begins to think because he never sees this guy in the window mm-hmm. when he's home they do try and go over and make contact and it's an older guy that answers the door it's not you know the person looking the window. so like well wonder what's going on yeah uh, she has a neighbor that is uh i think we're led to believe is like a call girl so we're at least you know has a lot of um at least has a lot of sex if she's not being paid she at least brings a lot of people home and um, can be loud through the walls and so there's a time where she kind of went missing that sounded like she, there was a struggle so julia tries to get the the landlord to open the door to be sure she's okay there's nobody in there a cat had knocked over an end table so then of course everybody now thinks she's crazy you know and kind of a nuisance in the landlady is like i don't want there i don't like troublemakers in here so uh there's a lot of just kind of distrust a little bit not a yeah. lot there's some distrust and people think you know maybe she's kind of losing it and they end up uh, so they end up towards the end she hears music playing and in her neighbor's place and she goes checks and you know things go amiss after that so it's very interesting and the the ending does kind of is a little surprising because you think the movie's kind of ending and then something else occurs and it's not over yet <laughs> but then when it does end, it kind of just ends i'm like oh we're just i guess credits <laughs> yeah no curtains but credits okay so it's it's an interesting watch it's definitely done it, it may not be for everybody but if you i think it'd be great whenever it comes on streaming i think it'd be a great one to watch when it comes on streaming i rented it on itunes because i you know i found the premise interesting i kind of like the trailer i like burn gorman as an actor and so uh, i kind of wanted to watch it for his performance and you know like i said story sound interesting so i gave it a whirl um, perfect for streaming, uh, you know, whenever it arrives somewhere, <laughs> uh, probably prime, I would imagine, or maybe Netflix, but probably prime, I bet. And, uh, definitely check it out. So it's worth, it's worth it. So it seems like, and like I said, um, it's good. It seems like it's real window only from the perspective of the person being watched. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in, well, yeah, but it's, a little more yeah there's a little more to it because yeah just because she's at a new she's in a new country much less you know it's not some place she's always lived or and she's yeah. just spending more time at home it's you know everything's new to her okay. <laughs> like the language the area the people like this is not people she's used to to having some kind of knowledge with and the you know eastern weir window everybody lived in their little area for you know for a while and he's uh and he you know jimmy uh jimmy stewart's characters you know got a broken leg so he's kind of stuck there physically you know he can't just leave and go wherever where she can go wherever and then just notices either 
you know, either he's following her or vice versa. She's following him. <laughs> um, and then there's, you know, you've got the people in the bu- in the building you live in that's against you. So it's yeah. a little more to it, but it, it does have at least they always started with, okay, what if we did, we took rear window and then we changed it up this way and did these things different. And that would yeah. be kind of how you could do that, I guess, or how they did it possibly. I don't know. So, but I didn't, I mean, I enjoyed it though. It, it's not when I would watch, you know, a bunch of times, but I'd probably watch it again, but to see what I missed. Yeah. The only, my biggest complaint about this is that in the movie, when they're speaking in, when they were, you know, they're speaking in the native Romanian language, there's no subtitles. Hmm. So, and I feel like that's done on purpose because they, they're telling the story from Julia's point of view. So she doesn't know what they're saying. And they kind of yeah. want you to feel, they want you to feel like Julia does and not yeah. knowing at all what they're saying. I did put subtitles on too. Cause I wanted to see, and they never, it never showed anything. I was like, all right. Once so identify with the character of not. Yep. Knowing yep. Is it. Yep. And feel, and feel that kind of uncomfortableness of not knowing what there's, what um, others are saying. Yeah. So, so, but, but I still, you know, so if you do watch it, just know if you put subtitles on, it's not going to tell you what they're, what they're saying. You just have to be in the same boat Julia's in and go with what's being told in English. Yeah. It does add something to it though. I'll tell you that. So like I hated it, but at the same time, I'm like, no, but I understand it. And that's the whole point. You're supposed to hate that. You don't know what they, what they're saying. Cause it helps you identify with the lead, with the lead character more. So, yeah. So there's some interesting traits, you know, going on there. All right. I am trying to find. Okay, that's not working. All right. Moving on to trailers. Because we have coming out August 5th. It looks like it might be coming to Peacock. Uh, streaming they slash them lgbtqia plus empowerment tale set at a gay conversion camp horror movie Hmm. Uh, written directed by john logan starring kevin bacon anna chomsky gary preston and a lore cooper cook and some other actors that i've up and coming actors. So basically Kevin <laughs> Kevin Bacon returns to camp. So and it's a Blumhouse uh production. So cool. Yep. Uh interesting idea at least. So curious. Uh so that's coming out August 5th. And then we also have your the movie Not Okay coming out July 29th. A misguided young woman desperate for friends and fame fakes a trip to Paris to update her social media presence. A terrifying incident takes place in the real world 
which becomes a part of the imaginary trip and offers all she wanted. So, starring Zoe Dutch, Dylan O'Brien, Embeth Divitz, uh, Brendan Brown, uh, Karan Sony, Mia Isaac, and others. So, interesting concept. Let's see if they can deliver, I guess. Written and directed by Quinn Shepard. So, and that's all I got for us trailers. Boom, boom. But then, uh, like I said, you know, we're taking next week off, but we'll have our interview with author, film historian Sean Levy that'll drop. Um, coming out next week, though, we have the Minions movie, which Grayson is very excited about. And, you know, it'll be fine. It'll it's it'll be fine. That's like seriously it. all that's coming. That's that's it. I like the. I wonder what happened to the Marcel movie, Marcel the Shadow. Right, because it was supposed to, it was supposed to come out. Yeah, I was looking for that and like I looked at the all Belcourt. the theaters <laughs> when they yeah. at the Belcourt. I'm like, it's not here. Then it's not coming out yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the holdup is. Me either. Mm. Oh, there was a trailer that they played during the Black Phone called The Invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a young woman is courted and swept off her feet only to realize a gothic conspiracy is afoot. Uh, stars Natalie Emanuel, oh. Thomas Doherty, Sean Pertwee. Basically, she's supposed to be meeting her cousin that she hadn't never met. And she gets invited to a wedding and she realizes... It's her wedding. And it's a lot of crazy, crazy. If you get a chance, check out the trailer. I was like, yeah, okay. I'm definitely watching this. <laughs> oh, Sean, Sean Pertwee, who played Alfred in the Gotham series, who I got to meet at a comic book commission. The nicest person. Yeah. Seriously, the nicest person. We talked about kids like for 10 minutes. His kid, my, because he had one that was uh, finishing up secondary. I think is how he pre- how he worded it because he's British. So, and he's a descendant of another of one of the Doctor Who's that was a Pertwee. So, well, it's his dad. So, yeah. So, that's all. And so, anyways, uh, yeah, very, very nice down to earth bloke, I guess you would call him. But uh, (laughs) he's good people. Good people. I mean, he's one of those, you know, you'd like if you weren't at a con, you would probably be having a beer with. So, yeah. One of those kind, yeah, just very stylish too. He had some shorts that I wish I, that I wish, <laughs> you know, were probably. They looked like they were probably expensive, but I was like, I would love those because they're because I love shorts that are like at the knees or past the knees, and these were like almost like capris, like okay. male capris. Oh, there's yeah, I was so jealous because <laughs> it's hard to find shorts that I like nowadays because they're because the new the new in thing right now at least is like they're the like what are they like 11 inch like short short i'm like oh we're going back to that no no sir you need to be at or below the knees please thank you i think the those shorts to go above the knee they're called them they call them hoochie daddy shorts now you don't want those yeah no nobody <laughs> wants nobody wants literally nobody wants to see that uh, no i've seen i've watched i saw this video somebody sent and like yeah, I, I no, <laughs> no, mm-hmm. nope. Never have to worry about that with me. Nope. Yep. 
I found a pair. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Before we end, I found a pair at Marshalls today. Went past the knees. I'm like, Ruth, look, I've got jams again. Remember jams? <laughs> I love jams. So I'm like, I'm going to legit have to go back and buy the other two pair they had in size large. Sad thing. It's the same color, but I don't care. <laughs> Man, I, I love them. Find, I, just, uh, I can't even find that trailer for that movie. Now I feel like it's going to end up being like, um, oh, was that movie? It's supposed to come out. Um, it was like a dating movie from Blumhouse. It's never come out. Run, no. sweetheart, run. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've still been waiting for that. <laughs> Yeah. I can never find that trailer online in this invitation movie. I guess you got to go watch Black Phone to watch the trailer. It's going to be the Sinbad, the Sinbad Genie movie. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Run Sweetheart, Run, Run's supposed to come to Prime. I'm like, where is it? It's been a couple yeah. of years now. So bring it on. Time for the, hey, time to type up that strongly worded letter. Yeah, I mean, I watched interviews with a couple of the lead cast talking about it with the director. I'm like, what's up? <laughs> I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. Did y'all forget about this? Because, you know, some of us have not, and we'd like yeah. to see it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I added it to my watch list, so we'll see what happens. Cool. All right, my friend. Why? To everybody out there, I hope everyone has a very safe, a fun, safe, fourth of july as since we won't be here next week to talk about it um because we too shall be celebrating i guess and we'll have that amazing conversation with uh film historian and author sean levy please check that out and we will talk to you all in two weeks thanks for listening if you enjoyed our show and have a moment please rate and review It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.